0: Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au So my prayer today is that we will leave this place with so much peace, regardless of what is happening in our lives, regardless of the challenges or the, the good things or the bad things that are happening in our lives that we will live with so much peace. Lord, I pray that you will speak to our heart, that you will open the ears of our heart, you will to hear your voice, that you will open the eyes of our hearts to see your glory, that you, you will touch us, that we will be transformed by you. We need revelation and not information. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I would like to talk about dimensions of peace this morning. Dimensions of peace. Peace has dimensions and levels and I would like to go through that with you this morning. The dimensions of peace. I have been fascinated by these signs that has caught my attention for many, many years. It says, keep calm and carry on. You've seen it. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, it has been used for, to sell everything from mugs, bags, and kids' clothes. And, you see, keep calm and, and, and carry on. That's, that slogan has been used with so many other slogans, like keep calm and have a coffee. Yeah, keep calm and breathe. Keep calm and ignore negative people. Keep calm and be gentle to your wife. Keep calm and something like that. Keep calm and carry on was the key message. One of the key messages that was created by the Britain's wartime propaganda department during the Second World War. It, It was created to keep the population calm. I'm not sure how much that slogan helped to really keep them calm. I don't know if people keep calm because they are told to do so. I don't know about you if you are told to to keep calm and you directly keep calm because you saw it somewhere, you heard about it somewhere. I can argue that people can pretend to be calm. People can pretend to be, can display a relaxed appearance without being internally calm people can show you that they are calm without being calm so if finding calmness was simply the result of reading a poster about or a mug about being calm then the world could have been a paradise today if just being told to be calm makes you calm everyone could have been calm keep calm Mug does not necessarily make you calm. Can it? Maybe. Can a keep calm t-shirt give you peace? Can a keep calm bag give you calmness? Can a keep calm poster take away fear and anxiety? You can answer that question for yourself. So one of the greatest gifts that Jesus gave to his disciples is recorded in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 27. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The gift of peace comes to the believer the second, the minute they decide. To invite Jesus in their heart. And the gift of peace comes to you. But you can have peace and still let your heart be troubled and be afraid. That's why Jesus told his disciples, do not let. He said, I give you my peace, but do not let. Do do, do you see that in that text? That's why many Christians are not enjoying the peace that has been promised to us. Because, because receiving the peace of God is one thing. But letting your heart be troubled and not being afraid is the discipline that allows you to enjoy your peace. Not letting. That's why Jesus put all the three in the same sentence. I give you my peace, but do not let. The fact that you have peace does not guarantee that you will enjoy it. Because you need not to let your heart be troubled. And that's what Jesus wanted us to pay attention to. He did not send us to find peace. He commanded us to protect the peace he has given us. That is what I see in that passage. Peace I live with you. Peace I give to you. I leave it and I give to you, but do something about it. Do not let. In the Old Testament, shalom is also translated as rest, as peace most of the times, was used with many nuances. It could mean wholeness, health, security, salvation, or well-being. The presence of shalom in any of these contexts was not considered the outcome of human endeavor, but as God's gift to his people. They believed that peace comes from God. They also believed that peace, shalom, could have been used as the absence of conflict between individuals, groups, or nations. In the New Testament, the word Greek that is used, uh, that is mostly translated as peace, is iran. Is it Irene or Irene? or oh, Don't mind the accent or the pronunciation. We, call, we, we say it in English, Irene is a name. It means peace. Peace. It's also translated as rest. In the New Testament, the New Testament believers, they did not see peace as the absence of conflict. They didn't see it as absence of conflict. They enjoyed the peace of God despite conflict. Despite conflict. When Jesus appeared to his disciples in John chapter 20, verse 19, he said to them, peace be with you. We can see that he was not wishing them the absence of conflict because their lives were not peaceful after that. According to the human understanding of peace, the disciples of Jesus did not experience the peace we think about. Their lives were troubled. If you look at them on the outside, they were always under attack. They were always under conflict. So if Jesus said, my peace be with you, why did they experience trouble after that? Did Did God hear his prayer? Did God answer his prayer? If Jesus said to you, my peace be with you, and then people are throwing stones on you, and then the government is chasing you, and then, and then, and then, and and the church is against you. I could have been reminding Jesus, what happened to your word? You said to me, your peace is with me, but look, people don't like me. He did not mean the absence of conflict. He meant something else. So let's look at the three dimensions of peace in the Bible and how we can attend them. The first one is peace within. Peace within. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 9. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there is any praise, dwell on these things. The NIV says, think about these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. When Paul promised that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, he was not referring to the absence of conflict. Because peace without conflict does not surpass our understanding. I want to bring something to your attention. Everyone can experience peace when there is no trouble. And that does not surpass our understanding. It's understandable. When you have peace without conflict. Peace that surpasses all understanding is peace despite apparent. Apparent? Apparent. Apparent. Apparent danger. I love English. No one understands it. It's beyond the human mind. It's beyond our mind because, humanly speaking, fear is the understandable reaction to danger. Anxiety is the normal reaction to uncertainty. That's normal. That's understandable. But what Paul is promising the Philippians is peace beyond human comprehension. You will have peace regardless of whatever is happening around you. When I was twelve, I used to lead. A, I was leading a group of young children, young boys and girls, who were going to preach uh, in the street and marketplaces. And I, we used to wake up at four, at four a.m. on Saturday, four a.m. and go walk in the street and. Preach loudly to people who are still sleeping. We hope someone heard us. Well, We don't know. It was, it was legal. It was legal. Don't worry. It was legal. And the Muslims were saying their prayers at 4 a.m. If you've been in some of those countries, you can hear the Muslims saying their prayers at 4 a.m. And the Christian praying in their churches at 4 a.m. So we were also going on the street and, and, and preach. We were like a group of 10, 10 boys and, and, and preach the gospel. We're going in marketplaces and different places. And this day, we woke up at 4 a.m. and we went to preach the gospel. And I was the one preaching on that day. Jesus loves you. And I kept, without shouting or screaming, I don't know the difference. And we came across, we came to this corner. We didn't know that some dogs were sleeping there. You know, in Africa, dogs are not kept like here. You know, they are secure. No, dogs can be on the street. And we didn't know that there were some dogs there. And just when we catch that corner, Jesus loves you. we heard the response from this group of dogs barking. And they came toward us. I don't know where my friend went. The gospel was disturbed. Like, we ran away. Everyone was screaming. And we, sc- the, the preaching was, yeah, we forgot the mission. Scattered. I don't know where my friend went. And the dogs were afraid of us because they we screamed so loudly that even the dogs were afraid of us. And everyone went wherever. You just scattered. We lost our peace. We lost our peace. I'm glad none of us was beaten, uh, was beaten by the dogs. We think our reaction, maybe our reaction threatened them too, like they they were frightened by our, our reaction. Finding peace despite a dog attack surpasses all understanding. There is no way I could have stayed calm in that situation. With a group of maybe 20 dogs. There's just so many. There were so many. And keep your peace while dogs are barking at you and coming toward you surpasses all understanding. And I felt. We felt. Paul suggests two things, thanking and thinking as tools to attain peace in our heart and mind. So let's let, let, let look at thanking. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Let me paraphrase this. Don't worry about anything. Instead of worrying, take all your issues to God through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. That's what Paul is saying. You've heard of this maybe. The issue with most people is that it's not that they don't pray. Most people take their worries to God through prayer and petition. Most of us do it as Christians. Most people pray in one form or another. The issue with most Christians is that they take their problems to God and collect them back after the prayer. Instead of leaving the issues to God, we take them with us again. So most Christians pray about their worries, but instead of believing that God is now taking care of them, they continue to worry. So that's why Paul suggests That we make our request known to God through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. If you read this again, you will realize that thanksgiving is not an item on the menu. Thanksgiving must be the package in which we present our request to God. Thanksgiving must be the spices that make your prayers tasty before God. The Bible does not say prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. It says, Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Not end thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the attitude of trust that God is more concerned about your problem than you are. Thanksgiving. Prayer with thanksgiving is trusting God to take the weight of your situation and believe that he's more concerned about your issues than you are. When you go pray to God, you thank him because you know he's more concerned about your issues. Leave it there. Leave it at his feet don't take it back with you because you know it better you think that you can control it better than him you know that you care about it more than he does so you go to God and say God can you please do this for me I'm not sure if you can but yeah I've told you and then you go with the same problem you continue to worry about it as if you can fix it better than God You can't. We can't. Peace is activated in us when we trust God fully and leave our issues to him. When you leave it, we pray and say, God, I trust you. I pray with thanksgiving. So every prayer should be packaged in thanksgiving. You tell God what you think and you package it with thanksgiving. Thank you because you care about this. Thank you because you care about this. Thank you because you care about my health. Thank you because you care about my finances. Thank you because you care about my relationships. Thank you because you care. And I leave it with you. I know you care. Worry is the absence of trust. We worry because we don't trust God cares as we do. We think we care about ourselves more than He does. But there is a thin line between worry and concern. And I want to make this clear. Every parent is concerned about the safety of their children. We are all concerned about things. It's not a problem to be concerned about something. But worry is this debilitating emotion that prevents us from operating normally. So worry is when you believe in your concerns. When you are concerned about something, but you believe things will go the way you are concerned about. If you believe that things will go the way you are concerned about, you begin to worry. Because you don't think God is in control. That's why Paul commands us to thank God. But he says we should also think Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. Admirable? Admirable. Admirable. <laughs> if anything is excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things. Philippians 4.8. You know, most therapists, they do not command thinking to gain control of worry and anxiety. Normally, they teach to find peace you need to avoid negative thought. Some people escape into alcohol, drugs or other substances to avoid their thought to avoid thinking about negative things others find some entertainment, game or relaxing environment but the Christian peace does not avoid or ignore negative thought Mm-mm. We are encouraged to acknowledge our problems while also acknowledging the presence of God. That's the Christian thinking. That's the Christian way of dealing with worry. We are not supposed to stop thinking or block negative thoughts, as some people do. We must continue to think, but think about what is true, honorable, pure, lovely, commendable, with moral excellence and worthy of praise. We are supposed to think. When we are going through trouble. And how do we do that? Who fits all this qualification? What is the thing that you can think about and it will be pure, holy, and all this commendable, praiseworthy? I don't know. I don't know of a movie that fits all those things. I I don't know. Maybe my wife is close to that. But I, I don't know. I don't know what can I be thinking of when I'm worried and, and I find it pure and excellent. and, and honorable, and lovely, and commendable. I see God fits all this. God fits all these qualities. So, the more we think of God, the more we experience peace. The more we think of God, when we are in trouble, when we are worried, think of God. He is pure. He is lovely. He is commendable. He is praiseworthy. The more we think of God, the more we think of who God is, we Experience peace. The issue is most people don't think of God. They think of their concept of God. Most people don't think of God. Most people don't worship God. Most people don't even reject God. Most people reject their concept of God. They reject the idea they have of God. Find God and think of him. Reads his attribute, he's lovely, he's, he's full of grace, he's full of mercy. If you read if you understand the God of the Bible and think of him, you will find peace. I think of these uh, lyrics by Robin Reuben, Reuben Morgan of Hillsong: "When the oceans rise and thunders roll." I will sow with you above the storms. Father, you are king over the flood. I will be still, know you are God. I will be still, know you are God. Being still in the Bible does not mean you stop moving. It means you find rest and calmness in the assurance that God is fighting for you. It is the firm assurance that God cares about your issue more than you do. Be still. God's peace is not the absence of conflict, but the absence of fear and anxiety. When you trust God, fear and anxiety goes away, you keep your peace. Second level of peace, the second dimension of peace is peace with people. Romans chapter 12 verse 18, if possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. If possible on your part, suggest that peace with people does not always depend on you. It's not always in your hand. You may be willing to live in peace, but people refuse to cooperate. In that case, peace does not depend on you. However, as long as you can do something about it, you are commanded to make peace with people. And I think we know this. But this is what I've I've seen, I've realized. In most conflicts, in most conflicts between humans, no one is 100% innocent. Some conflicts you can find 100% innocent if you look deeply. But in most conflicts we go through in our lives every day, you are not 100% innocent. You can find that the other party is 99% wrong. But you may have just one thing you could have done, just 1% that you could have said or not say, you could have done or not do. But unfortunately, you did it. Unfortunately, you said it, or you did not say it to make things better. In every conflict, Try to find your 1% first before you amplify the 99% of the other party. This is what Paul is telling us. As much as depends on you, if there is something you could have done or something you did, just one thing, that's the small thing that you did that could have done make things different. Think, hold to that, take that, and, and, and apologize for that, and stick there. You can spend hours and hours trying to find the wrong that the other person has done. It will not bring peace until you find your 1% peace with others. You know why it's hard to find peace on earth? Because we are selfish. We spend time trying to find. Even if you are 99% wrong, you will spend days trying to find the 1% of the other person. What did he do? What did she say? Why are we here today? No, you did it. Just own your 99%, just own your 1%, and peace will come back, at least between you and God. So my advice, if I can give you an advice, is as much as depends on you means in every conflict, find your 1% before you dwell on the 99% of the other party. And the last one. The last one is peace with God. Peace within, peace with people, and peace with God. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to have peace with God? Does it mean God is angry. We have a conflict between humans and God, and God left angry and slammed the door, and God left. We are in conflict with God. (coughs) God never became our enemy. We became his enemies. We became his enemies. God never left us. We left him. God never stopped believing in us. We stopped believing in him. James 4, four, you adulterers, uh, I'm not talking about you, none of you here is an adulterer. <clears throat> Maybe you are. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Yourself, you make yourself an enemy with God. God does not make you an enemy with him. You make yourself an enemy with God by... Loving the world. God is full of justice. Let me just bring this to you and we will be done. God is full of justice. He gives to everyone what they fully deserve. Everyone receives 100% of what they deserve in the eyes of God because he's full of justice. I will show you the the, the, the justice uh, scale. I don't know if they have it. You see that most people believe that what the justice system does, what judges do, is to put all your good deeds on one side and the bad deeds on the other side. And if you your, your, your good deeds outweigh the, the, the bad, then you are a good person. And you are, you are justified. That's what most people believe of this. When you see the, the lady justice who are holding... The justice scale, you think, oh yeah, I will try to do most good things to outweigh my bad deeds so I can be justified. That's not how justice works. Just in case you didn't know, the judge takes all the evidences, all your good and bad on one side and puts the law on the other side. Not your good and bad balanced. No. Good and bad on one side and the law on the other side. If you are found guilty of one crime, it doesn't matter how good you are and how bad you are, you will be punished for that one crime you have committed before the law. That's justice. And with God, it is the same thing. He's full of justice. So he puts all your good and bad on one side And then he put his law to the other side and see if you are going to win this case. So if Jesus, if God could have put all your good deeds and bad deeds on one side and put the Bible on the other side, will you escape? They tried for many years. The the people of Israel tried for many years. This is what happened. Jesus decided to give himself. So that when God put all your deeds and bad and good on one side and the law on the other side, if you fail, Jesus replaced himself with you on one side. So instead of balancing your actions with the law, every time time God tries to balance your deed, he found Jesus on the other side. And it balances. Because God does not balance your actions against his law. He balances what Jesus has done. Jesus on one side and the law to the other side. Finding peace with God means you have invited Jesus to become your advocate. You invite Jesus to become the one who stands on the scale for you and not your actions, not your deed, good or bad. Because you can never satisfy the law of God. Never. Finding peace with God. Have you done it? If you have made this decision. You can rest knowing that Jesus has done it for you. You are at peace with God. Stop living with guilt. Jesus stands on one side and the law of God to the other. And if you haven't done it, do it now. Invite Jesus to stand for you. That's what believing in Jesus means. When we invite Jesus in our heart, we are making peace with God because we can never satisfy the law. Only Jesus can. Peace with God. As we finish, Believing Jesus is not only accepting historical evidences about him, but finding yourself in his story. You can accept that he came to earth and he did all these great things and he did all these great things. But until you find yourself in his story, you understand that he came to earth for you. He died on the cross for you. He rose again for you and he will live forever with you. Then you find peace with God let's bow our head and pray this morning if you are a Christian if you have done if you made this decision to follow Jesus you need to rest assured that you have peace with God because God is not looking at your sins not looking at your actions to judge you he's looking at Jesus through you you through Jesus And Jesus stands on to the other side for you. But if you haven't made this decision before, I'm inviting you to do so. If you are here this morning and you want to invite Jesus to stand as your advocate, to stand before God for you. You can just put your hand up and we will pray together. If you want to make this decision to invite Jesus to defend you. Just put your hand up. Thank you. I'm going to pray for peace. You can put your hand down. I'm going to pray for peace for all of us. Maybe you are going through issues with people. Peace with people. I'm going to pray for restoration of relationships. If you are struggling to find peace with people because the other party, other people don't listen. They don't want peace. You've tried your best, but it's not working. May God intervene to bring peace. But also maybe it's on your side. Maybe the issue is on your side. I pray for humility that you'll be able to see your part and own it. I'm also going to pray for those who are struggling with peace within. You're struggling with worry. You're struggling with worry and anxiety. You you, you are concerned, but you have believed in your concerns. You are struggling with worry that God will give you his peace. This morning. Holy Spirit, come. 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 come. Hey again. Thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.